the structure of political opportunity is actually Welcome back to the New Pathways podcast. For today's episode, we have the Action Lab open discussion from May 24th, probing and digging deeper towards action. Bridge and its accountability members came together with community members to develop an action plan. It was a wonderful discussion, and I hope you enjoy this. Be well, do good work and stay safe out there. Um, so I'm gonna go through, and we've had four new Pathways labs so far, and we started Thursday night. Um, this schedule was actually informed by the original plan pre-COVID to have our second 20-hour um, session around the Train the Trainer that Donna mentioned. Um, and I, we canceled the April one and postponed to May, not really knowing what COVID would have in store for us, and then when and thinking, I guess, a little optimistically. <laughs> and then um, I got to May, I was thinking people like Donna and some other folks that have been on the labs had scheduled their time to be with us. And I felt like we should put something out and it really coincided with launching the lab. So, it, I mean, the New Pathways program. So that's why the schedule is sort of at the pace and in the design it's in over a weekend. Just, I just wanted people to sort of understand that. And also I didn't say my disclaimer earlier, I have a few disclaimers today, I guess, but the other one is that this is an urgent response. This was an urgent COVID response. So a lot of all of what you're seeing and the information flow and the videos, um, it's all because this wasn't even a thought six weeks ago, right? So this is all has come together pretty quickly. And um, so I'm grateful for everyone that's made time to be here. Um, so I wanna quickly just say what the topics and the themes of the four were so that we can um, have that sort of everyone thinking about it and you're going to randomly be assigned one of these topics to dig deep into so um the first one is was about whose stories are emerging and it was jen smith's talk and the reason why we thought we would start with this one is because it's starting with local first and really thinking about what 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 are we missing and you know jen smith when i made the invitation to her she was like yes great we need to include journalism we do need to hear voices that aren't always told and for her perspective, something really important she wanted to add was, and then we always hear from the same people, like the same four black community leaders, the same CEOs and executive directors of organizations that aren't on the front line. You know, so she really wanted to um, have it be a broad um, conversation about journalism, what it is, how you pitch your story, and then whose stories we need to tell. So we had that conversation and one of the action items that was presented out of that was through one of the other panelists from the Schumacher Society. And that is, um, was actually born out of the COVID response too, because Berkshire Record, which is our Southern Berkshire, very local paper shut down in the middle of COVID pretty early on within the first month. And so that really um, motivated the Schumacher staff to talk about how are we gonna get our stories told locally down here? And so they called us and actually I went, it was very funny to join somebody else's staff meetings, but I went to a few Schumacher staff meetings and we really brainstormed on how can we put out this project, um, inviting um, citizens, which is a word that I'd rather use a different word, but people that live in our community, um, how can their stories get told 
and how can we design our own media and journal, journalism outlet. And neither Schumacher nor Bridge want to hold that, but we do actually have a model for that. So that was, that was the first thing. Um, and then going into Friday, the Friday morning, it was um, talking about local and sustainable economy. And that was around Jem Salonetti's video. And most of you here know that Bridge and Woven Roots um, have a partnership to create um, more of a sustainable food access plan over the emergency access that we've been doing. So um, a lot of the families, well, all of the families, which is up to 78 families that we've served over the last eight weeks, um, all of them were offered to join this program, which is in three components, to have access to a CSA share, to install a garden bed in their house. If they have a garden bed to troubleshoot maybe why because uh, over 70% of our, partic our participants in the distribution program are Latino. So many of them grew food in their countries, but not here. So it's like, well, how do we grow food in New England, right? Um, so there's that piece. And then there's also getting um, plants and seeds into gardens as well. So, and they can do any or all of those components. And all of that comes with an educational component that we've named um, Soil, Sun and Water to help people learn from planting when everybody gets their stuff next week and gets their, their beds installed to jarring and preserving at the end of the season. So we, we have lessons planned throughout. And in that, if you don't have land, there's um, also a collaborator who's on the panel from Springfield that's been doing urban gardening to talk about how you do it in pots and in your windows and do all that stuff. So we really tried to be inclusive. And again, we are giving people the fish if they're hungry, but we are also giving them the pole and the spot at the stream and all the other stuff. So we're doing the whole thing, right? Um, so that's that that's that program. And who we were joined by is pretty fascinating. Um, Greg Watson, who's been organizing since I was, I keep saying at the last three, he's like, since I was bored, the, the year I was bored, he was like organizing intensely in Roxbury, you know? So he brought all of that wisdom to the, to the session and with a really clear race analysis and racialized experience of usually people of color communities are only given something when it's too much at the end when we're expected to fail when the, everything has gone wrong and then we have to fix it but not in a way that's actually to help our communities thrive that was one of my big takeaways from that so how can we shift that this time right we're in another crisis we're in another moment and how do we shift that being the norm um and then if we go into that afternoon we had who's caring for the economic survival of the black and brown communities. These two were very much related, but Malia Lazu, who's a, um, now an executive vice president at um, Berkshire Bank, but an organizer again um, at her heart. She actually worked with Harry Belafonte on community organizing. Um, and she was actually in what is often my role with our clients. That was Malia's role at Berkshire Bank before she became an employee. And um, she vetted people across Berkshire Bank's public footprint and chose Bridge to be the baseline trainer to take her place. And um, we've been doing deeper dives, not only training across the region, um, New Jersey and all over the place, but also providing equity inclusion chats and ways for people to really engage and dig deeper. So that's been positive. So she talked about what she's been doing in Roxbury, which is outside of Boston. And Roxbury is a historically black neighborhood where the earlier talk, Greg Watson had talked about organizing in that black community um, the life expectancy even now still for black people in that community is 30 years less than people that live in Boston. Um, and so there's still, even with my lifetime of work that Greg Watson has done and initiated, um, they still haven't fixed some of the disparities. So that's, that's pretty sobering to me. Um, 
but uh, John Lewis from the Black Economic Council, he's our leader here in the Berkshires, he spoke for a good while, and Shirley Edgerton, who's been a community organizer here, she's got at least a decade before me in organizing in Berkshire County, and is again seen as an, an African-American leader, but often we're there, we're there at the table when people are ready for the help, but not when they need the help, right? So there's a, diff there's a real big difference in that. So when all the resources came into Berkshire County, they didn't call the head of the NAACP, they didn't call the head of the Black Economic Gym, they didn't call the Bridge or anyone related to Bridge, and they didn't call Shirley or anyone related to Shirley's program. So that's, that's part of what New Pathways is, is let's reset that. Um, and we understand it. This isn't meant to be a judgment. Like in positive psych, which you all know I've studied, our, in times of trauma, our brain goes back to what we know, right? So we went, everybody went back to what's comfortable. And the research shows even if that's bad, we go back to it because it's what we know. So everybody's rubber banded back to white supremacy values or structures that were tried and true or structures that are large that you can trust will do the work, right? Because they have the resources in place. So those are the reasons why people went back to those things, but it really undid work that I know that a lot of the leaders and partners care about and have invested a lot of time and energy in. So this is why New Pathways, like, how do we get in there and say, no, 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 this is, the, remember my, this is game on. This is the time where all that practice and all that talking, like, we need to really be doing it right now. Um, so that, that's why that, that piece was really important. And then yesterday we had a conversation, um, oh my goodness, about investing in our future. So there was two ways that that happens, right? There's the, the philanthropic, right, and the nonprofit sector and how that people invest that way and then their wealth management and that sort of to me I, that was the hardest things. I guess maybe the other facts are more um sort of my day-to-day -day life and my work and living personally this one was we were talking about the structure right so people that um actually and they were all women panelists right so women that's just one barrier that would have been you know, we could talk about having been broken through in a way, but still working through capitalism, right? So we're still working with the master's tools, trying to fix a problem that doesn't actually fix the problem, right? So that tension, I think, was live yesterday. You know, like, I think it was like, Whoa! Um, and And all of us sort of struggling about what we do. And I think we all do really important things and have figured out ways, but there was a how that we didn't quite get to in that one. I think Ashanti would agree, right? That we needed to push a little bit more. Um, and we can't separate philanthropy from wealth investment because right, the one wouldn't happen without the other. And so it felt weird to put them in the same thing, but it's not weird because that's like pulling back Oz's curtain again, right? Like this is all the same. So I don't know, Ashanti, do you want to add anything to any of those? Those are my summaries, but. <laughs> Going through all my notes and you have it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so anyone that was at any of those, do you want to add anything just for a couple minutes, like your experience of it, or if I missed, I mean, they were really rich conversations. So I, I summarizing them in a minute and a half, but do you, does anyone want to add from being in them? That would be my I would, I was interested in, in Craig. I was interested in Craig's from um, Boston where all those community people got together, all of them, the Latinos, African-American, the white poor, all those people put a united front with a vision and they went up against the powers that be 
and Dudley Initiative came into being, and it's still there today. I liked how all those people got together and wouldn't be divided. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you remember all when I wrote that piece because I went up to hear the Congressional Black Caucus speak? It was done on Dudley's where this initiative started. So it's like all this stuff is like coming full circle. So yeah. Anything? Any anyone else want? Oh, Tim. Yeah. Tim, you said yes. Yeah. What one thing that stuck with me? I went to the Jen Smith um, and Stephanie. Your video was there too. Um, that panel about whose stories are we telling? And yeah, one one thing that stuck out to me was when Jen was talking about journalism. She talked about how um, like she was talking about um, education. And um, at first, a lot of the directors and, and the people who were sort of running things were wanted to um, share their stories, but she really um, pushed to dig down into the people who were on the floor and ended up talking to um, like an eight-year-old about like how education is working in this COVID situation. And that was, you know, that was, that was something that was helpful for me to hear just because it reinforces like actually getting into the actual stories and like, and like just trying to conceptualize talking to a child to like imagine, like that's a really useful perspective I think to hear. And, um, and so that was, um, yeah, that was, that was interesting and stuck with me. Thank you. Uh, Jeff and Sam. Hey everybody. Um, I think just, uh, Unfortunately, I've only been able to make it to one of these so far on, on who's caring for the economic survival of our black and brown communities. Um, but one thing that I think really stuck out to me um, that was sort of a, an ask from all of the panelists um, was the need for accomplices, especially white folks, um, to really stand up and work really intensely with the, the leaders who are being lifted up uh, from black and brown communities um, because they face pushback. Um, invariably, it's like even when um, leaders are being invited in, it's like up to up to a point, um, and then there is a backlash. Um, and so we talked a lot about the need for accomplices to really put skin in the game, and and, uh, and really work uh, alongside leaders from communities of color to help shoulder that burden. Um, and to help take off some of that pressure and exhaustion, and also not only to play defense, but to play offense, um, and help really push for the kinds of systemic changes that um, we're saying we need. Um, and I thought that was um, just a really powerful part of the conversation, and one that I'm sure is um, woven through all of the, the new Pathways apps. Absolutely. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, Sam? Um, I, I just uh, I've been thinking about the one from yesterday on sort of uh, philanthropy and wealth management. And I am just struck by how um, those systems use risk as a way to not shift the sort of white supremacy power structures, even though the data actually doesn't support mm -hmm. um, not funding um, women businesses or women of color businesses or um, nonprofits. Um, and so I just, you know, I don't know, I've just been sort of thinking about that over the last 24 hours and how that becomes the sort of watchword, um, but really at its core, it actually doesn't have math to back it up, um, but also 
um, you know, is really, is really seems very entrenched uh, when Tracy was talking about um, sort of that consulting firm and having to like fight against them. Like those types of consulting firms are all about like data and risk, um, but still they put up such a fight to, to move the needle in a different direction. So um, I don't know, that just jumps out at me. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's see, we have Donna and then Lily. Thank you. Just a little bit of a piggyback onto what Jeff and Sam said. I think that um, also Jen Smith mentioned it's we want to make sure everybody's voice is heard and really look around the table to say who's not here, who isn't being represented. So if we do step up as going from an ally to an accomplice, and we're willing to put our own voice out there rather than always speaking for other people, really try to get those people that we're speaking on behalf of also at the table so that their stories can be heard and their perceptions can also be shared. So that was a big one. And then on the financial one, for me personally, a big takeaway is, you know, I'm really proud that my I work for a company that gives back to the community and is financially serving our community and also other tools and resources that we share. But as someone who's been through divorce and had some changes in my own economic status over the years, I have my own personal fear of really letting go of my own money and giving myself permission to say, when do I have enough and when should I share more? So that's my own personal journey that this has kind of opened up. This is going to be a very interesting session. I'm excited. Um, thank you. Thank you for that, Donna. There's like a constant theme around like, how do we move from ally to accomplice? And to your point, like, if you're bringing people into the room, at what point do you give up your seat? Have everybody? Uh, no problem. No. Um, I I was also at the talk yesterday around kind of financial and um, both investments and philanthropy and kind of like the. For me, it was just really interesting to have those be combined together, as Gwendolyn was saying, like to pull back that curtain around like we often separate out these systems. And um, I think that kind of often contributes to, um, yeah, just like feeling like there's a separation between how we see ourselves as like actors within both of those systems. Um, so I appreciated having them combined. And then, um, yeah, I guess I've just been reflecting on um, the places in which both for the panelists or for participants, it felt easier to maybe identify like opportunities um, on an institutional level around like broadly like, oh, who needs to be at the table around serving communities um, versus maybe the moments for ourselves personally, either in professional or, or personal ways um, around sort of what Donna was just saying around like, how are we actually shifting wealth, whether that's in our personal or professional lives. So um, yeah, I, I do think as Gwendolyn said, there's like this larger tension around the, the actual system at play um, and so I, I guess I feel like that was like very much um, in the room of the conversation, even like even if it was never quite named. So that's been yeah. one kind of thing I've been sitting with. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Sarah. Um, it's really incredible to hear how the threads have been weaving together. The, the 
panel that I joined was on the sustainability and just the theme that really was coming out was about moving beyond access um, and, and um, towards sustainability, which requires self-determination. Um, and in the small group, you know, actually sort of digging into, well, where are those places where the resources are being um, where it's more about control and charity rather than self-determination, sustainability, where are those places where there's um, hoarding of resources, but also decision-making as, as one of those resources, and how is that upholding whiteness as opposed to moving towards, right, a sustainable future. Um, so to hear that, you know, this is sort of woven throughout makes, makes a lot of sense to me, and I'm excited to kind of um, see where we, we go today. Thank you. Well said. Well said. Thank you. Uh, would anyone else like to share? You may have heard from everyone who was in the sessions. Um, as my grandma would say, are all hearts clear? Great. So I, we will get to our breakthrough sessions. Um, but what I, uh, what I wanted to do was talk about some of you are familiar with these models and some aren't. We were gonna, how we're going to sort of frame going into the breakthroughs because we want to get deeper into the how. They'll be longer, still there'll be more opportunity for interaction and working. Um, so the first piece is it's actually comes from our, our resilience training that JV and I do, and the the model is I am, I have, and I can. Um, so you're going to want to write this down for when you break off in your groups, but I modified it a little bit um, to think about us right now, even before we go in the groups, talking about instead of I am, we are. What are our strengths and what are our assets, right? And I'd like you to start putting those into the chat. So instead of I am, right, we would do for our resilience work, we are. What are our strengths and assets from like thinking about ourselves as a community? And then instead of I have, we have, what are our resources? And start just being brave. You can write me a paper, but I want to see them in the chat, popping up in our chat. Like, so this is like, we're just going to do those two. We are and we have. And remember those that have done deep work with Bridge on around resources and accessibility, we're talking about our resources on an individual level, like either what we have access to, capital-wise cash and things like that, but also our own personal purpose. like our own vision values. And then our bodies, like where do we actually place our body and our energy, right? So this is another resource that we have. And then in social cultural spaces, what support do we have? You know, a lot of times we, we pick apart Ruby Payne's work when she talks about integrity and we talk about who gets, who actually is given trust though. When you walk in a room, if I stood next to Donna Collins, just walking into a room, who might people trust first without either of us speaking Right, and it, then we have to look at context. It depends on where we walk in. If I go into Bedford-Stuyvesant in New York, it might be really different than if I walk into the country club in Pittsfield, right? But we have to think about that. Um, and then the last one, environmental, then the systems. And that's why I was saying yesterday, what systems are at play? What resources do we have? So who in this space has access to actually impacting systems, systemic policy procedures, right? On, a, on all the different levels that that happens. So take a moment and use our chat and talk about we are, what are our strengths and our assets? And then we have, what are our resources on the individual, on the body, social, cultural, and the environmental level and just start populating them on the side. All right.
they want to call out something they're seeing either they put up there or that somebody else wrote i think the committed part like we're all here on a sunday uh <laughs> in our area it's nice out um <laughs> that commitment you know i see you from people with familiar faces you know go ahead popcorn out your voices if you're seeing something that if you think what you wrote is great good too and also something else that's resonating with you right now I'm going to I'm going to jump in because I see that Jeff and I both shouted out that that we have because we're a small community and also that 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 provides some opportunities and then also you know I was thinking about the this relationship building trust and accountability you know relationships and practices through bridge um that that sort of um makes makes the most of that that small connectedness anything else people are seeing I think if I can uh, just sort of build on that and also what, what Donna uh, shared, I think that um, we have real access to these tables. I mean, this is, you know, as a community, we know people who are sitting on these tables. Some of us ourselves sit at these tables. And in a, you know, in a larger community, that um, is not always the case. Um, you know, you can have to fight for, for years just to get into these rooms where we can challenge and advocate and organize. Um, but in this community and with the the community that Bridge has worked so hard to build, like we are we are in these rooms and at these tables, and even when people rubber band back to to white supremacy, we at least have a voice and an opportunity to say, "Hey, you're doing this. We're not going to let that happen." And I think that's really important. Thank you. Anything else before? Um turn it over to the breakthroughs. Natalie, you're out in California. You're representing. We have had people from California. I, I, um, I, just, I just wrote something in the chat. Um, I'm, I'm still learning Zoom, so I wasn't aware to put something in the chat. So now I just have. Um, <laughs> We're getting ready for the I Pilgrim mean, training, I'm sure. <laughs> I, brought, I brought a lot of, a lot of the um, skill set from Bridge uh, to my work here and in, in, in uh, the east side of LA County and um, you know we're working on a lot of these things that have been in the pathways on food sustainability and food justice um, with a whole consortium of, of organizations interracial consortium of organizations in in the in the eastern side of LA County so um, uh, it's it's great to know that that there are these organizations happening all over the country and uh, and it's exciting to hear what's going on in the Berkshires. All right. So do you want to lay us up for the breakthroughs? <laughs> you're muted. I know you're doing that. Thank you. I'm always making a note on what people are saying. Like, I'm, I'm loving this stuff. Okay. So as, as Gwendolyn said, we are going to shift into um, really digging down into the how. Oftentimes, uh, we get into sessions like this and we have the baseline of being like-minded and wanting change. Um, but change also looks different uh, for different people based on where they are and their definition of what that means and what their intersecting privileges and points of marginalization look like. And so we are going to just really drill down. It's like, what are the action steps? When we leave here this Sunday at 3.30 in the afternoon, what can people actually be doing? Um, doing differently. And so this is not just a way to like check a box of like, we did some activist work. Like, no, we actually did some act 
active work, not just activist work, right? And so you're now gonna break into your sessions. Uh, Lynn's gonna put you into those and want you to really sit with the, the group that you're in, continuing with this thread of like, if you've never been an ally, welcome to allyship. You've never been an, if you are an ally, move to accomplice. Um, and we know like there are a few different phrases for these like ally, accomplice, co-conspirator, and like all these other words, but for the sake of time and um, consistency, and, like synchronicity, uh, an ally is someone, so we'll just say, he's like, who will invite you to the table, will bring you into the room, will give you the opportunity to sit you next to them. And the moment someone um, is offensive or challenging or makes it hard for you to access a thing. They don't necessarily block that on your behalf. They don't use their privilege to stop that. So you have to then engage it. So it's like, I just brought you in my house, but whatever happens, happens. Um, and, in a, and you need an ally to get you into the room. We also then need accomplices to say, to, to block and use whatever their intersecting point of privilege is. Um, to make sure that they're interacting and corresponding with that offensive person or that offensive entity versus the person who's being targeted having to do it, right? So they are giving up, a person is sacrificing their own privilege. Um, and it's not necessarily your access, it's your privilege. So you're like, so I have all these things I can just give from abundance. No, being an accomplice means you are giving something of yourself. You are, you are having less so someone else can have access and have a more equitable opportunity. And I think that's where sometimes it gets great so in these spaces where can you stretch yourself where if you are not an ally you can be an ally and get someone in the room and where are you being an ally where you need to graduate to being an accomplice and what does that look like in the work that we are about to talk about and this is through the spectrum of all of our different intersecting um privileges and isms and phobias and all those things and again like i've said in every other session some of the answers when you come to that question is i don't know i don't i don't know what that looks like or I'm not ready. I've now identified it's one I need to do and I'm not yet ready, but also just being honest with that. Um, so we can move forward and you can get to get to get to getting ready, right? And so as we say all of that, you can jump into your sessions now. Gwendolyn will send you into those and we look forward to hearing the how. We are, we have about 30 minutes. Um, I'm really excited to hear what everyone to say this is like the fun nitty group work, right? Where you really get into all the things. And because all of us have, like I said before, that baseline of understanding there needs to be change um, and considering ourselves change agents in doing so, we can at times, myself included, has been guilty of this. So I'm speaking as a we, not a you, um, get kind of get on a roll and then start talking about all the things that need to shift, change, adjust, how it connects to A, B, and C, and MRP, and WXY, and you know, all, all, we're just, we start connecting all the dots. And where that is great, that's not necessarily what this session is for. This session is for us to go deep into the topics that we were each assigned, because I think that's, that is where we can have more power and more tangible steps. And so, as you all are sharing and you're going through the care steps, I would ask that you honor and respect that and stay within the care steps of the topic that you have been assigned. And if at any moment, you know, you get impassioned, I get it, I understand it, I will lovingly redirect you to the care steps and the sections that you were assigned to. And so I always wanna put out that disclaimer in the beginning. It's not that we do not want the passion. We want the passion to, to go very deep and honed and focused in the areas that we have assigned you to because it has been very strategic and intentional. And we are 
waiting with bated breath for, for how you're going to help us move, move the dial on this. Okay. So everyone is cool in agreement. All hearts are clear. We're ready to go and get the thumbs up. Asante, what are the care steps? Cause I came late. The care are actually in the, in the chat. We will repost the care steps. I will do that. Um, repost the care steps there. Thank so, you. You are welcome. Uh, Y'all, we have welcomed you into the group. Uh oh, we have someone else who just popped. There we go. There's Stephanie. I think um, Stephanie and Donnie got them back. Yeah. Okay, got you. Um, and so we will have, I would also like to make sure that the representative who was assigned to speak for that group be the one that shares for that group because um, I'm also taking notes and want to be able to circle back to you all in real time. Okay. All right. So group one. How are we changing the world? That's stories. Oh, sorry. That's stories. That's the story. Everyone's like, we don't okay, know. Sorry. I know. I didn't. We don't, I, didn't, we don't know. I see you <laughs> named by groups. I'm sorry that you all don't know that. So group number one was the stories. Stories. Okay. And stories is Sarah. And Donye. Sarah and Donye. Sarah and Donye. Okay. All sorry, right. A little background noise. Okay. Oh, we lost Donye. Okay. Um, so the, the challenge, the stories, some of the challenges, problems, and barriers that we talked about were, um, the, uh, generally the media's focus on singular stories. Um, we talked about, um, the w singular stories without telling counter narratives, counter stories. Um, we talked a little bit about very locally, um, some of the, I mean, obviously, a, Sorry, this what's going on. Um, <laughs> this is our new life. This is Zoom. We are family. Hey, little one. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, okay. So we've got. Uh, we talked a little bit about the the some of the toxicity on um, platforms like Facebook, right? Which which we can talk about at a large scale, but really thinking about like on a local scale um, as well. Um, and uh, and we talked a lot about fear. Um, uh, and then, and that conversation led into to thinking about some of the, the real barrier being about the, how, how stories can be told in a way that is actually um, packaging and selling fear um, and, and flattening out stories and, and, and full people into um, particular narratives um, in order to um, market, right, or something that is, is consumable, right? But pain, fear. Um, and so we talked through, we did get a little bit abstract, so I'm going to try to try to pull it down, but we talked through actions really centering on um, not just looking for more stories, but listening differently, um, committing to um, long-term, um, yes, that's a fabulous, thank you, Gwendolyn. Uh, in the chat. Recycling. Keep recycling. Yes. Um, you know, committing to long-term connection, committing to telling our stories, you know, to each other, but listening differently. Um, so again, we're not looking to um, isolate a particular story um, or turn a particular, you know, turn a person's full experience into a particular story. We talked about listening differently in terms of um, stories as a way of, of, of co-creating um, the, the connection, the future 
that, that Gwendolyn is asking us to think about. There's something that a, a professor um, uh, shared about, you know, we need more art right now. And so we talked also about what, what can we do right now, you know, and maybe in, in looking at the specific platform that, that Bridge and Schumacher are, are, you know, sort of inviting, what can we do right now to not just tell different, more stories, but, but using different platforms, right? There are a lot of modalities to telling stories that can open up possibilities um, to not um, shrink, right, anybody's particular um, um, self down, right? Um, we, where will we see? I think that the, the other thing kind of, I don't want to skip, but one of the things that we think we can, we can see accountably and where we will see economic and social impact, right, is not just developing these relationships, but being able to tell true stories about um, why we are, where we are, what the, the, the real history is, um, and being able to tell, you know, from the heart stories about why racial justice work, why working with Bridge, why that matters, what, that we should be able to, to, to tell those stories to move resources, right? That that actually is part of, um, part of how we, um, you know, can, can both create um, accountability, but also create actual, well, okay, I'm gonna let Don, yeah. Sorry, thank you. <laughs> Uh, okay. All right. I like this. I like this. So if I'm hearing this correctly, I want to make sure I read back and then I'm going to ask you and Donye a couple of questions. So both of you could unmute so everyone can kind of just hear what that actually looks like, right? Um, the challenge is 100% the media, um, focusing on singular stories or, or focusing only on troped stories and creating tropes um, and reinforcing stereotypes, right? Um, and then how fear and how that creates like fear mongering and, and um, paralyzing people to a place where they can't, they, they don't want to act or afraid to act, not sure how to act. And then you have like analysis paralysis and no one knows what to do or they get compassion fatigue and they're like, it's just, all of it's too much. I don't, I don't know where to jump in. It's all just too much, right? Because um, all of us have that to an extent right now. And then the actions that y'all have are looking for stories, listening differently, committing to long-term connections, making sure the stories you are telling don't fall necessarily into the trope or the stereotype. Um, going in a little bit deeper about how you can tell different stories and different platforms. And so my question to you two, is what does that look like? What does, I wanna know what does, um, what other platforms can you all use to tell stories where you are right now with your power and your access and what it means? Um, where can you tell? What are the different platforms you can tell different stories on? And what does listening, dif listening differently mean? I'll go first since Sarah just spoke. Um, well, I, I'm, I love to write. Um, and I, uh, I've been getting real kind of spiritual and talking to Jesus a lot when I write um, lately, um, which, is, which is new. Um, so nice. And I kind of Whatever way I can put my art out there, um, and especially I feel like if it's if it's in touch with, you know, fruit of the spirit, um, kindness, peace, joy, um, and I, and as long as I can get that out there, 
I feel like that would be a, like a, a nice first step for me because uh, I really never got my art out there on any type of like social media platform before. And maybe, you know, now is the time to do that. Um, um, and I'm sorry, could you just, uh, your second question? How are you listening differently? Okay, um, well, that, that's hard because for me, uh, I, I, I tend to like dissociate a lot when um, people are speaking and it only, it took me kind of like looking at myself, readdressing myself, readdressing how I listen and how I respond and how I react. It took, it took me like kind of knocking down barriers that I put up in my own self Mm -hmm. to then like listen so that I'm not kind of venturing off into my own world when someone else is speaking, especially about their story. Um, like I need to kind of, you know, like that listening with love part, uh, I, I, I'm trying to get into that more because everybody's story is very important and everybody's story needs to be listened to. And especially, you know, when we talk about funding this, um, it's gonna take that relationship building and that listening from both sides, you know, if we're gonna be working with government and people who don't really wanna see us sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's all about like learning how to like quiet yourself down so you don't go into your own world and then um, opening your heart, your ears to somebody else's story and their truth. I love that. Listening to listen, listening with love, not necessarily to respond. Sarah? Yeah, I think, um, so one sort of sphere maybe in thinking of action steps would be, you know, as um, the volunteer, volunteer, volunteer coordinator of Bridge. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I think one thing that um, challenge that I really would like to step into is speaking more clearly about um, sort of the story of in in this moment the you know Bridges COVID response right and sort of okay. speaking about the the sustainability and the accountability that are really the the motivating factors um, uh, and I think. In, in sort of another sphere, um, as someone who's a teacher um, and also a student, um, you know, thinking about, you know, certainly thinking about choicing, choices of, of texts, right? Sort of what stories is something that as a lit teacher, I, you know, am very cautious about, but also that work is never, I mean, that's not like anything to rest on, right? Like that's always something to be, be thinking about. Um, listening differently for me i think um i mean there's just listening deeply and more openly um being more you know aware of my bias and willing to examine that um and then also thinking about the ways in which the stories that we tell each other are never set in stone that you know donya and i were talking about how when we're when we are telling stories to each other, right? Um, there's a, there's a truth there, but there's also what we're create the relationship that we're creating, and there's that social function of telling stories that I think we also need to be listening to um, right now. Got it. So I want to make sure I don't repeat the same thing you said. Okay. Um, so in ter- I, I love all this and I see other people like nodding their heads and shaking their heads. So different platforms. Like I love the idea of doing like what has Bridge done, Bridge has done in like in terms of the COVID response. That's the thing. You don't necessarily have to wait for mainstream media 
there is Instagram, there's IG Live. You can do interviews on IG Live around that. You can get some call and do an interview that way. You can write a piece, you can start your own blog. Um, there's so many ways that you can leverage technology right now to share people's stories. Uh, you can partner with other groups who are trying to do the same thing and make sure there's a diversity um, of stories that you are sharing. And so we don't necessarily have to wait for the media to share a story or when they do, we can say, hey, we saw this and share on IG of some sort or some type of social media uh, place and then say, here's another one to add to that, that collective. Here's another voice to add to that collective without you know, minimizing one, but just expanding what that looks like. And so thank you all for both thinking, like calling out the piece around like, I have to listen differently. And so it means I have to listen to actually listen to what they're saying versus listening to respond. And there are other ways that we can tell these stories and other platforms. I think that's the big piece. Like people know whose stories we need to bring into the room because we know they're not there. We, are, we know where the absence is, but it's the where. And the where is what COVID has done is showed us all the multitude of platforms we can share other experiences and they are free. So there is that. Um, thank you both. Is there anything else you want to close out in sharing? Um, I, I, a person, a, a very close friend and I have been like communing lately and a, a certain thing that she said that like really stuck with me, like, um, especially people like us in this room right now, like we have to have our ear to the ground. Um, um, so yeah, I'm complete. Have our ear to the ground. Love it. Y'all are giving me so many quotables that I'm just going to use in life. <laughs> the bridge gate. I will give credit to, to who me. I will, but it's, it's amazing. Thank you both. Um, let's give them a hand because coming up with actual like steps on what to do next is is not easy. It's not. People get paid medium bucks to strategize <laughs> figure that out. So <laughs> you get the medium bucks for it, not the big bucks. You know. um, okay, so let's uh, transition to group two, which would be what? Yes, so I guess I'm the only one that sees this. Local and sustainable economy, and um, Sam's going to report. So um, yeah, so it was me and Samarth and Julie and um, we started with just trying to come up with a list of the challenges. Um, we feel that there is a sort of lack of collaboration um, amongst different organizations who are trying to sort of like help in the community. Um, that is also sort of a geographic divide that there's um, not enough of a sort of cohesive um, Berkshire identity, like north to south. So like people in Pittsfield don't want to come down to South County and South County people don't want to go up to, you know, North Adams. <clears throat> so there's sort of these false geographic divides. Um, I think there's also a sort of a, it's like how we define who is local um, that if you haven't been here for multiple generations, then you're sort of like an outsider. Um, and that's used to sort of maintain historical like power structures throughout the county. Mm -hmm. um, even though maybe between, it's not just between towns, it's even within towns or small cities. Um, also a challenge is that our population is declining. So people are like leaving the area, um, particularly young people. Um, and part of that is like, there's like a lack of sort of fulfilling jobs or lucrative jobs, or at least lucrative enough to like raise a family. Um, 
or, or jobs that just have like meaning or are fulfilling for people. Um, and there's a, a lack of internet accessibility. Um, so that's sort of the other issue with like a lot of the, the hill towns actually being able to have high speed internet, um, I think is a major challenge. Um, and also related to that is how we're ensuring that, that during COVID-19, that children and families have the technology to, to participate in their education um, over, over, over the internet. So, um, okay. so those, were, those were our challenges. Um, actually, I, I did wanna add one that uh, Julie mentioned when she joined our group, uh, which is just how there's so much of a, of a stress on tourism um, and so like the example was sort of with meat rationing that, you know, a, a couple from New York are allowed to get two steaks and, you know, a, a woman who has four children at home also only gets two steaks. So how are we sort of like actually supporting local people that might need, you know, to be treated different, differently during this time? You know, there's such a stress on tourism. So that's just like one example of, of how that plays out. Um, so our actions um, on sort of a personal level is like um, building relationships that, that we need to, in our own personal lives, make sure that we are, oh, my time's up? <laughs> oh boy, okay. I'm talk you can cut into some of my time because I actually I'm, do, I'm gonna ask you what the actions are. Okay. Uh, this is where we flow, we flow ooh, with it. Okay. Um, <laughs> Um, so, so making sure that, that we're actually reflecting on these divides and that we are making sure that we're having, um, having the, the, um, that basically we're not just, just existing in a system that we're actually communicating it with the people that we associate with. So talking about why these sort of false divides happen with the South and the County, uh, making sure that we're traveling throughout the County, that we're not always just like leaving the Berkshires that we're going and developing new relationships in other uh, communities throughout the County. Um, that we should be supporting uh, Berkshires, which is our like local currency. Um, and how that Berkshires, Berkshires, yeah, got it, yeah, yeah, um, um, as a as a mechanism to keep our our money and resources local, um, we can also support the types of businesses that we, you know, feel are are, are sort of assets to our community. So you know, like inclusive businesses, or 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 making sure that we're interacting with businesses so that they can be more accessible and inclusive. Um, Wait, say that last part again. Uh, just so that, that, that we can, that we should be interacting with our local businesses to make sure that they are accessible and inclusive, that, that we, that on a local and relational level, um, you know, we should be having these conversations with business owners. Um, and yeah, basically like using sort of a, a local economic model um, in terms of sort of the internal flow of, of um, uh, resources. So, 
it's sort of like a barter system, even if there is like money exchanging hands, right? Keep our, keep our money local so that we're supporting and sort of keeping our resources within Berkshire County. Um, also uh, potentially sort of creating like legal barriers so that almost like a tariff system so that larger companies can't come in and like undercut more locally resourced things so that there's sort of a, an incentive for people to to support locally sourced or manufactured goods. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And It's, it seems, and so I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump in a little bit because of the time you all, you all had a differently complicated one, <laughs> um, one to, to discuss. And so I can, I can respect that. Uh, so before I go any further, I want to make sure I'm saying this right. So Marth? Yeah. Okay. I, my name is Ashante. I try to make sure I get everyone's name correct. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I appreciate it. I've been named everything under the sun, so I want to make sure I honor people's names. Um, it's, and so this is where I want to, because of time, I want to jump into some actions and drill down a little bit more into some questions for, for your group. It seems like the two, two key areas that keep popping up are both around like um, economic sustainability and making sure the money stays within the community as, as one key theme. Another one, which seems like that might be the cornerstone of how to even get this work going, is building relationships um, and reflecting on that divide where those relationships aren't there, uh, either because we are just in a self-curated world, right? People just opt in and opt out of what they choose to opt in and opt out of. And so I am curious to hear from you all around what does, how can we start building relationships? Um, I don't want to spend as much time on like the financial piece for this particular one, because I think you do with what we're dealing with, we start with building the relationship piece and building that relational component. And so what does that look like? What can start happening right now to start closing, closing the geo divide? Um, what can start happening right now to, to find what is that common thread? that runs against all of our different respective organizations and passions that we can all say like that's our north star like we we all can can agree that like this is the thing that we are looking to change even if it's not a particular issue or a topic um yeah but how, how can we start building the relationships in real time right now i think, I think you as you as you spoke about the north star i think it's less about everyone going for the same goal that always leads to sort of redundancy and work with people doing the same task, but they're not in communication with each other. I think it's more like us all together, you know, each sort of the, the local government system with the nonprofits, with the people sort of being in tandem as cogs in, in a machine kind of thing. Uh, I'll let Julie speak more to that right now. Well, actually, could I ask you a quick question to that? Could you, could you say a little bit more? Yeah, sure. What mean by that? I like where you're going. I just want you to expand on it. I mean, here's what I see. I see, you know, I volunteered Berkshire South and then I volunteered CADA and I see a lot of overlap of the same people there. There's a lot that we could do to make it easier for CADA to communicate with Berkshire South, sort of come up with ways that make the lives of the people who are getting those services easier. Um, make sure that, you know, say, Berkshire South, I usually go there for the community stuff or as a volunteer. Mm -hmm. and 
sort of, you know, establishes interconnectedness between the two because they all have the same target audience. It's to avoid, you know, this redundancy in work. Berkshire mm -hmm. might be like, hey, we want to do a survey of what kind of needs, what kind of accessibility needs we need to employ in our system to help our people. They could obviously collaborate with that with CADA, which directly works with people with needs and directly works with people with uh, disabilities. And that's sort of bridging between institutes that help people, that sort of bridging between not only the institutes, but people and the Berkshire government and the local businesses sort of to create this lack of doing the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. So if I'm hearing you correctly, it's more about let's not reinvent the wheel. If there are some people yes. this similarly, let's get on the same page and collaborate and put our power and our resources behind yes. us who are currently working or who have been in a particular space. And let's exactly. Do yeah. Love it. Okay. Not reinventing. I'm not typing. I'm having to write it out. So it's taking me a little bit longer. That's all right. <laughs> well, Julie. Uh, I just want, uh, Samarth ha, is an amazing uh, techie person who's working with our Mutual, Berkshire Mutual Aid Network. Uh, we've been running the grassroots since March 16th. We have some of these information systems set up, set up mm -hmm. that can be funneled into. And uh, these information systems across the country are being used for streamlining the information, for the efficiency. You know, we're a minority-led coalition. As minority folks, we have to really watch out for energy preservation during this. Nonprofit folks are stressed out. So um, our priority with the communication stuff, getting that set up has really been to try and streamline that because personal energy is also financial energy, right? Like I, I am, besides, you know, what we're doing now, I run a disability rights group and I am in advanced social sustainability with the Permaculture Women's Guild, which is the anti-patriarchal, anti-white supremacist wing of permaculture. And a lot of what we talk about is that social sustainability intersecting with the environmental sustainability, intersecting with the interpersonal, right? So there are, um, so there are models, from my perspective, there are models that can be used. We don't have to reinvent the wheel, right? There are permaculture models out there for social sustainability. There are mutual aid platforms that are being used that, that create that cross-stream collaboration that can just be plugged into by anybody. This is, you know, the stuff that we've got set up, Samarth can tweak for any utilization. Um, mm -hmm. So that's where I'm, and we've, uh, you know, we, we, uh, created a, a community fund. Money moves in, money moves out. Mm -hmm. Out of 501c3, we get a red alert. I'm calling it a red alert card. Somebody's in the cracks. They're waiting for their food stamps, especially disabled folks under $10,000 a year. No stimulus check, no unemployment right now. No online food stamps. We finally got that pushed through this week. That's going to be a world of difference in three weeks. But right now, what are people supposed to do? right? Because there's barriers to the nonprofit. So that that's another model. Absolutely. I think um, where I want to, and I appreciate what you're sharing out in these pieces, what I, I want to hone in on, it sounds like you and, and Samarth are saying very similar things. And where I appreciate that is like, there are tools and entities in place right now, where we can plug into and, and actually start uh, building the collaborations that way. And so we are not just turning our for absolutely, you know, doing the same work and doing more work than we actually do. Um, and set up across the county, it is ready to roll out. So we all can just, you know, for the efficiency, that's, that's what it's right. all about.
Um, is there, let me see, I want to make sure I, well, we are at time on that one. Um, I want to, oh, I'm sorry, I wanted to give, uh, Sam, did you want to have a chance to go and can you answer the question around the action or just like how we build relationships? Uh, I just one thought that I had when you asked the question and I'll, I'll try to be brief is just uh, sort of like how, how do we create or, or creating relationships between businesses throughout the county sort of like a, a chamber of commerce model um, but the there's like all the different communities have their own chambers um, and I know that there is like a larger one in Central County, but it's very focused only in Central County. Um, but I just feel like that in terms of sort of supporting uh, the, the local economic movement, if we had more relationships north to south, that that would be uh, just sort of an important bridge to, to, to cross over that divide. Okay, so local economic movement. Okay, so we have the what we can be doing relationally, how we can make sure it's like, well, hey, I have this skill and you're already working on this thing. Let me give my services to that um, and help out in that way. And if someone's already, you know, have something established, figure out how to partner, you know, let's learn how to play well and, and the same around that. And also within our own lives, if you look around you and you're like, oh, and it's, I realize, like a lot of people talk about DAI work and they're like, we need to be more diverse in our workplace. Like, no, you need to be more diverse in your life. <laughs> like if you can get diverse in your life, it will flow into what's happening in your work, right? Because if you just do it in your work, then it becomes tokenism, um, which is a whole other next week topic, right? Thank you, Jeff. Um, and so how are, you, how are you building this divide? How are you um, breaking the geo divide in your own lives? Like, how are you engaging with people who are different from you, who have, you know, spaces where there might be some of your own intersecting pri uh, privileges or spaces where there may be some discomfort or curiosity, right? Turn the discomfort into curiosity. So how in your own lives are you building those relationships? Because those personal relationships and knowing someone's heart, when they do have a human moment, which is what we call those, it won't be as offensive and you can still partner and work together, right? Because we all have a story and we all have a reason for why we do what we do. And oftentimes misunderstanding is what creates most barriers. Um, so we will move to group three. Thank you all for that. That one, that one got, it's, it's a little layered. So I, I appreciate, I appreciate, I appreciate the direction y'all went in um, and, and, and talking through that. Okay, group three is? Economic thriving. It was uh, Donna, Jeff, and Stephanie. Oh, we just keep, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Next piece of paper, okay. <laughs> Who is speaking? Is this Jeff? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna report out. I'm gonna set myself a, a timer and try to keep it two minutes. And this group was Jeff, who and who? Uh, me, Stephanie, and Donna. Stephanie, Donna. Okay. Donna was excited about. Yes, I. All right, Donna. <laughs> Here we um, go. So, so we talked about there being uh, uh, many, many challenges to the economic thriving of black and brown communities, um, but as one of the biggest ones being um, hidden history and a lens of colorblindness. And we talked a lot about the, what we're hearing of sort of all being in the same boat um, and how that's a flawed metaphor because we're all in the same storm, but uh, some of us are in rowboats with tatty sails and some of us are in super yachts. <laughs> um, oh. And so, you know, in terms of uh, results, um, or, uh, actions rather, um, what we really need to do. We said, you know, we have to start by really uncovering that history, you know, talking about redlining, talking about unequal distribution of wealth, talking about the barriers that have existed, 
Um, and then, you know, going back to the lab, one solution we felt was really clear is actually acting as accomplices for white folks to really act as accomplices um, and play defense and offense around that history, um, to push it within our own organizations, um, to ask the questions, you know, how are you looking at race um, in your lending decisions? And um, we talked about that, especially for, you know, for Donna and me being in anti-poverty and in banking, um, as that, you know, being particularly important organizations to ask those questions. Um, and, uh, and then we talked about needing to act before the level where white people start to be impacted, which is when institutions will usually say there's a problem. Um, but of course, you know, black and brown families with far fewer wealth and resources typically are getting impacted way before then. Um, so, you know, we talked as a, a really clear example of what this might look like, um, of anticipating a wave of mortgages and foreclosures, um, when the, the state moratorium is lifted. Um, and they need to get out ahead of that um, to help support folks who are in those mortgages and also support uh, small landlords um, who are willing to sort of work with tenants who are at disadvantages, work with the housing authorities to make sure they don't all get bought up by, uh, by major corporations. Um, and then in terms of results, we talked about having these conversations happening um, in our organizations and in the networks we're at. Um, seeing action before the level where white people get impacted um, and seeing a much broader distribution of access and resources. Um, we talked about, you know, how, what can we do within our organizations to help people of color become those new small landlords as, you know, organizations get foreclosed at. Uh, Donna's going to take that back to GFCU and um, see what we can do there. If there are grants we can apply for, um, work we can do to the CDFI. And I see that my time is up. Um, and I'll just say the economic and social impact we want to see is resilience, where communities become sustainable on their own. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, so I have some questions for you all. Please unmute. Um, uh, a time check for people. It's just 328. So people have. Is everyone okay time-wise? We wanted to give you more time to lean in, but we do want to. Oh. Ten minutes. Ten? I can do this. Great. Okay. Um, so I love what you all are saying. You you all started to speak to the how, right? Talking about barriers. How do we talk about barriers? Like that in a way. Well, I'll just to the first group. How are we telling stories? So how are we actually, you know, talking about these platforms? Are we using? connect with the folks from group one and start figuring out like maybe one of the stories you tell is the barrier story and what that means. Like if we talk, because this is how you're not just talking to the right? You can inspire speaking to the converted. How are you sharing those barrier stories outside of your norm? Also within your own circles, again, back to the part, you know, with group two, interacting with folks in your own, your own circle um, and sharing those experiences with them for the first, like it's from in, inward out. Um, Acting as an accomplice, I'm gonna come back to that one, I'm gonna do that one last. Um, how to support the mortgages, that piece of it, I think y'all gave an example of what Donna said she was gonna go back and do with her group. I think that's a huge one. I think there's a lot of moments where we need to start looking now as to what that ripple effect will look like. So what else can you do specifically for this one? Donna said, so what else can you do to your organization? What else can people be doing right now? Um, and I'm going to combine that one. How can we act before white people are impacted? Because that's that's under that. So what are some other things that can actually be happening right now 
some tangible items? And it's for all three of you to answer. Well, we, we took it a little step further. We said, so I mentioned a couple of programs. I mean, ideally we'd love to see more. So first I wanna give Stephanie credit. Something that she did, I think we can all be doing is she came in, she apologized to me because she was wanted to point out that I was seeing this, I came into this at the point of the white landlord lens. And so I told her, I appreciate, like, thank you. Like, don't apologize for that. Thank you for showing me where I'm showing up and pointing that out and helping me realize because that's a huge eye opener. So I think we have to do more of that. We have to be open to that feedback from people to help us on our own journey of learning where we're showing up and helping us show up sooner and differently. So the other thing is, you know, Jeff and I, it's, we were great to work together because we can come at this with different resources. I already know the credit union has put together programs for minority owned business, entre you know, entrepreneurs to get some, how do you get started as a minority business owner? So take that into the landlord world. What can we, what programs can we quickly put together for minorities that might want to become these landlords as properties open up? And then we'd really want to look to funding. And that's where Jeff came in and said, you know, he could definitely come in on that conversation of how do we fund, you know, what's out there for grants and things to fund that down payment on that, on that home or get somebody a better rate or make it, you know, an affordable property that they're actually making money off of the rental income, not just um, not paying anything out of their own pocket. I love the landlord like when you're talking about like the small business loans and the landlord story and like how people can actually become that, that's a story. That's something you promote. Like that's a different story you put out into the world because people don't know what they don't know. And so all the suggestions y'all are about to come up with, with the how, you need to find a way to promote that in a way that's going to be shared with people who aren't necessarily in that world or that sphere to know that it's even an option for them, right? That's another set of stories you can start telling. And that's another tool that you can use in your own sphere that you can share with, you don't know what to say. You're like, I don't know what to say here, but if you click on this YouTube link, it'll say all the things, thanks. <laughs> like, trust me, videos work real well. Um, Stephanie, do you want anything to that piece? Well, well, the only reason why we, we went down that thread was because Donna shared with us that there were only 10 applicants See? in 2019 for home ownership. Only 10 and nine people. There were nine approved out of the 10. So the, 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 the disturbing thing is, why were there only 10 applicants? There should have been hundreds. You don't know what you don't know. And it was out. Of, it was out of hundreds, right? Donna, the data point is like nine hundred applicants or something, or twelve hundred. I didn't know that data point, so thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just know we're the number one mortgage loan originator, right? So you would think we would have more than ten applications. Absolutely, absolutely. There's one of your stories. There's another one of your stories. There are resources out there. These are those resources. Um, this is how you access all of those resources, right? Um, the last piece, because I know we got to jump into the next group. Um, I love that you all talked about acting as accomplices. How are you looking? What does that look like? Something that, um, and then tying it back to your other point about um, how can we act, um, let's see, how do I say, like how, how can we be preemptive and thinking about what the ripple effect will look like in a lot of these things? 
one of the things we need to be mindful of, and I can also say this just as a personal story into the situation, oftentimes what ends up happening is you get black and brown organizations, consultants mainly, um, some nonprofits to teach the larger organizations how to do a thing. And then those larger organizations, because they have access in a way that the consultants like myself don't have, they then go out and do the thing that I know how to do or that other consultants or not smaller nonprofits know how to do. And they get the larger grant or the larger money or the larger opportunity when the smaller ones were like, so I taught you how to do this, that, and, and now I don't have access to expand my business or expand my work or expand my, my knowledge and my wisdom and my know-how. And so being an accomplice in that, and you're going to see probably more of that now, just because there are so many people saying, I know how to fix this, teach me how to fix it. And appreciating the teaching me how, once you have been taught though, bring that person with you. And so as an accomplice then says, oh, I'm not going to teach this. I'm not going to share this. I'm not going to explain this unless the person who taught me is in the room, unless they're getting access to some of this contract, unless they're connected to whatever this opportunity is, because they are the only reason I am here. Um, I, just, I am starting to already see that as people do grants, a lot of large nonprofits will sub, do sub-grants to these nonprofits that know how to actually do the work and then make them do the report. And then they, the larger ones take credit and they keep getting the grant money. And these smaller nonprofits now have no general operating money till after 2021. Um, and so just being mindful of what that means and accomplish sometimes that also means like you having to push back and be like, this is what I learned, but I only learned it from them and I'm only where I'm at them. So they're coming and they're gonna teach you because it was great for me to love it as well. Um, so that's a real like interesting space that I think mm -hmm. we'll talk mm -hmm. about where it's in, you know, impact versus intent, right? It, the intentions are good, the impact does not work as well um, for any, um, any group that that may be marginalized in any capacity. Um, okay, thank you all. Great job on that one. I appreciate it. We didn't clap for group two. Also great. I forgot to clap for group two. Group two, you did an amazing job as well. I think we did. Or maybe we did. I think we did at the beginning. Oh, okay. Okay. Good. Um, <laughs> nice job. Four. Last one. And I'm sorry I separated Lily and Tim and then put them in the same group. <laughs> sorry about that. But um, Lily, Tim, and Natalie. Sorry. <laughs> Are they in the same house? Yes, and I asked them to split because I meant to put them in there. Yeah. <laughs> and there was a second yeah, before Natalie joined where we thought it was just the two of us. <laughs> and <we're> like, <laughs> yeah. By the way, we need eggs. Brad eggs. <laughs> okay, what group was this? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, the, uh, our future. Investing in our future. Woo. Okay, who's going to share out on behalf of this group? Natalie, you're not muted. Natalie? Here, I'll unmute her. <laughs> she was already going. <laughs> there was a lot of intersectionality uh, in, in, uh, in the other three groups, so I will, I will cut to the chase here. Um, and the challenges that we were feeling is that in the foundations, in the philanthropical world, among donors, among investors, there is still this focus on you know, accruing money. And the capitalist system is so deeply ingrained in, in, our, in our national psyche um, so that um, those values, uh, you know, take precedence over uh, someone, you know, who doesn't have the resources, the financial resources. So how, how, do, we, how do we act on this? So there was a real sense of, of acting together, um, action ideas, um, working with employee-owned, and, um, and, and employee-owned and managed co cooperatives in the Berkshires, 
working with credit unions in the Berkshires, working with Berkshires, um, <laughs> working with investment companies that, that are willing to be allies, such as Matthew Chester at um, Royal Bank of Canada or David Rice at Raymond James to see if they have clients who are willing to invest in Bridge and in the work that Bridge is doing. Um, also, uh, teaching, teaching the values of Bridge to, our, to the organizations, that's a part of investing in the future. Um, Tim, for example, said he'd be talking with his own CEO, his day job, and working with his organization to bring the values of Bridge and what we're doing here. Mm -hmm. um, and the results would be to hold the fullness of people's lives and what they're going through. Um, uh, finding, you know, childcare, demanding childcare, demanding healthcare for organizations, jobs, um, making sure that people are secure in food. Um, so we, we ended with the question, we are investing for the future, but what are we investing in? And that topic of, of supporting um, people of color uh, who are starting out as entrepreneurs. And I just wanna add, I didn't mention in the group, the Runway Project in Boston um, is specifically an organization that invests in, in, um, in African-American entrepreneurs and other people of color. Oh, okay. So two things that I heard specifically, thank Thank y'all, thank y'all. This is what we did for group two, too. Oh, thanks. Okay. <laughs> um, two things I heard specifically, I mean, you actually answered the question as soon as I wrote it. Um, what does that talking to the allies looks like? You know, and then Tim gave an example of like, so I'm actually going to go back to my CEO and say X, Y, and Z, and this is what we need, which brought in a very interesting idea, which kind of pairs with uh, group three, maybe getting a funding list or, or a funding resource list or an ally resource list um, of like, okay, who's actually doing this work? Who, who is already in it? Who do, who's doing what they're doing? Um, um, so Marth came up with that earlier, like he shared that earlier. It's like making sure we're not reinventing the wheel. And so creating some type of um, document, right? Working document where like, hey, you know, this funding opportunity is coming up y'all or hey i was in my tim i was in my meeting the ceo mentioned x y and z who do we know in these nonprofits and organizations that can benefit from that right um and so just really keeping the communication going so internally you're like i learned the thing here's the thing it's like let me tell you about this fame this really great brownie recipe like we're all quick to share something like that like let's share these you know brownies around to everyone clearly i'm hungry do you mind if i Sure, jump in. Okay. Yeah, so I've heard um, and asked from Gwendolyn just around how she wants to have conversations with these like bigger, like these bigger asks. Mm -hmm. um, and then at the same time, I've heard my CEO, like he, sa he says he's investing in relationships right now. So, um, so he's talking about some of the people he's been talking about and more focused in like our our industry, but um, you know, I, I, it seems like there might be like some connection here to make, um, and um, and then even if it's not between them personally, like he has a huge network of like venture capitalists in San Francisco, so like maybe there's something that you know it could start from where. So yeah, like yeah, both like you were, like you were saying, like I've learned a ton from Bridge. I'm committed. I've committed a ton of my time and and life to Bridge and like. And also my day job too. Like I've been at 
actually my day job for like seven years now. So like, yeah, like welding, like that's one of the things I've been trying to do. Bridging. Uh, yeah, the accountability wise is like bridging, um, yeah, bridge, no, there's the metaphor right there. Bridging like um, all the different parts of my life together. That's it. That's it. You actually just gave my closing. Thanks, Tim. Um, <laughs> Appreciate you. Made it easy. Go ahead, Lily. Can I add something? Um, I think, you know, like whether or not we, we sort of talked about this um, and tried to come up with some specific like relationships that might be useful. Uh, and we mentioned some of those, but um, one piece that we kind of all echoed too was like, regardless of um, access to like venture capitalists, for example, like um, I have folks in my life that I have asked to donate to Bridge and many of whom have, which is great, but like, um, am I, am I like bringing them into the work in a holistic, real way so that it's like more than just a donation that I'm asking for? Because if what I'm asking for is the value of racial justice, that is, that is partially about shifting resources, but that's also about everyone digging in and committed to that. So, um, you know, one of the like themes that's been in some of my accountability conversations in the last like month and has come up in our accountability conversation, right, is like, and we talked about this yesterday too, like, is, am I moving from a place of compassion and like solidarity or am I recreating like tropes that buy into like charity and really like still who has power and who chooses to share it. And I think a part of shifting that um, along with shifting resources is that it's, it is more than just a, like it is a financial ask and it's more than that. Yep. Thank you so much for bringing that into the room. And I am going to say a thing that may seem controversial, and I'm going to say, look at her face. She's like, oh my God. <laughs> nah, here it is. Both of those are needed. You need the people who are like, it's going to be a heart change for them. And also, I will spend the dollars of the folks that just need a write off because <laughs> they'll help someone. And a lot of times, like, no, I don't need that money. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We do. We need, we need all of it. Yeah, and we talked about that too in the sense that it was like, Bridge is like in what we've talked about, what was shared today, like Bridge is building different systems of care and finance and resources and food. And like, we also exist within a capitalist system and barring like some really expansive, like universal change to that. There's still some like, like capital is needed within this work. Right, and some people just like, I just wanna give a thing and be done, take that thing. And then for the others who want to like have a bit of a heart change or you know you can go in, go in. And all of that's right. I'm um, gonna send this, Ashanti, my, our treasurer will love you. That's, um, oh, good. That's, <laughs> money still spends in the community. <laughs> money still spends. Um, so many more things to say and I can't, but I'm so excited about all the things that you all shared. And I hope you even got to see in this moment, all of it is actually interconnected. There, group one, you have three other groups that have talked about stories that we need to figure out how to uplift, right? Group two talked about making sure we are collaborating with each other. We're building those relationships first in our personal lives and then expanding that out and seeing what that ripple effect looks like and seeing where we can be a support in full time and not have five or six of the same group trying to do the same thing, but actually like true collaboration. Um, group three, you go back group three was actually like went into what those barriers look like what accomplished shift looks like um how to actually support people another story on what funding looks like how to access that what that means and then group four brought us home with like actual tangibles of what how we can do the funding and so you all ultimately just kind of came up with a four-part plan um organically of what your next steps can look like like that y'all just created that 
um, in this time. So thank can you. I, can I jump in with one little note? Your resident disability activists here about accessibility with the bank uh, system set up for drive-through. We really have to think about how that goes down for people who do not have cars. Can we, can we save that for maybe after, just so we can hear the, the panelists finish up? I, I'm not sure my internet's going down, so I just wanted to. Well, uh, well on that topic, I think that um, you could, we could connect you with Donna or directly with the branch admin, but they are, I know at least Greylock and Berkshire Bank are working on that, the people that we're working with, so they could kind of update you on what the plans are for going ahead. It's been very chaotic for people with disabilities trying to get funding in the quarantine time, and it's been on the minds of the staff of at least the two financial institutions that I work with. So I think that- they looping it in, see? You. Good information, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Like how we did that. And that was just a beautiful example of all four sections working together. Thank you all <laughs> very much. Right. See how that worked in real time. Um, thank right. you all again. I deeply appreciate you all being with us for the first four days of this this wonderful uh, <laughs> retreat, you know the word for retreat, convening. Yeah. Um, thank you for staying longer um, and yeah. leaning in to the, to the difficult conversations. And I will pass it back over to Dylan to close it out. All right, and I think we've had a couple really good conclusions, so I don't need to do a third. <laughs> I, I meant to say this in the opening is that really the way this first weekend is designed is what Bridge is about, right? This is creating the shared language, the shared vision, um, the shared experience, right? And then we're gonna go next weekend into leadership and going through navigating this hard time and going through the justice and equity and inclusion work. So just kind of, if you take a step back for a second, we, we're following our bridge model and philosophy. And I just wanted to name that in the beginning and I didn't, so I'm just naming it in the end, you know? And thank you all for doing that. And honestly, uh, I think, again, we keep saying the right people are in the room at the right time. So I think that we were a small group, but I'm very glad that we were all here. And just really quickly, our one word, which I just love, as you all know. So I'm gonna just call it really quick. Uh, Danye, what's your one word? Um, informed. All right, Jeff? Excited. All right, Tim? Pumped. Pumped, Ooh, Samar? Oh, I don't know what word. <laughs> one word was, sorry, I should explain. One word you're leaving with that kind of sums up where you're at right now. Just, and it's hard to do, but just one word if you have to choose. You could go with informed. All right, thank you. Um, Sam? New future. All right, <laughs> Julie? Survival. All right, thank you. Stephanie? Mm, let's get it started. Woo, we're like here. <laughs> Sarah? Co-create. All right. Natalie? Uh-oh. Enlivened. All right, Donna? Collaboration. All right, Lily? Let's go. Yay. I'm going to go with action since we were in our new Pathways Action Lab. Here we go. And Ashanti. Do it again. Proud. Proud. All right. And I echo thanking you for being patient with extra time on a beautiful holiday weekend. And please go enjoy it. Enjoy the weather. Enjoy your time. Thank you.
Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. It was awesome. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. We want to thank the Bridge Sustaining Donors and organizational members, as well as our New Pathways sponsors, the Pumpkin Foundation, the Moonlight Mile Fund, Berkshire COVID Response from the Berkshire United Way and Berkshire Taconic Community Foundation, Massachusetts College of Liberal Arts, MCLA, and the Crane Foundation. Be well, do as much good work as you possibly can, and stay safe out there. This is our great opportunity, I think, to create great change.